Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly. The 2019-20 season is upon us. Liga is back and so are we, or at least three of us. I'm Philippa B and I'm joined by Rich Allen. Hi, Rich. Hello. And Jeremy Smith. Hi, Jez. Hello. Chris is not with us uh, this evening, but he will be back very soon um, to be taking us through all of the uh, action. And, well, a lot has happened. Uh, We had a great summer of football with the Women's World Cup. And France met the United States a bit earlier than anybody would have hoped. And that was kind of the end of that but we also had some other uh tournaments international tournaments going on over the summer um guys who did what who won who's our bogey teams uh rich what happened um well from from the men's side most of them really sort of disappointed we start with the under 21s I mean, perhaps a lot was expected of them. Bit of a novelty, them actually being there, I suppose, in the first place. But Oh, it's taken you know, a while, hasn't it? <laughs> a, 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 re- a, you know, a really good group of players. There was uh, you know, a really good um, uh, qualification. And then it was all just a bit stagnant once it came to the actual tournament. They, they, they scraped past 10, 10 men of England, um, relying on an injury time uh, own goal. And then they just sort of mustered through. And then a recurring theme for a lot of the French teams this summer, they came up against albeit a very good um, Spanish team who, who saw them off there. Um, and the under-20s, you know, a tournament that, that there has been re- six years ago now, if it makes us all feel old, recent success. Uh, and again, perhaps performance-wise, there was a little bit, a little bit more to to be pleased about from France. But again, they progressed and then came up against the US, um, another reoccurring team that we'll, we'll, come, we'll come to. But again, they, they just completely disintegrated when it mattered most. So it's not, from, certainly from the men's side of, of, of the summer, it's certainly not been one to perhaps shout about unlike the year before. And elsewhere in, in the women's side of things, did we have any success? Um. I was just going to say for the under 21s, the, the one positive was that they, by reaching the semi finals, they have qualified for next year's Olympics. Um, ah. Last time they did that, Robert Perez was in the team. <laughs> how long ago it's been. Um, and yeah, I agree with Rich. They were pretty disappointing. And actually, in a way, it was, I mean, actually, I think it's the weakest under 21 squad for a while. And you look at the players who could have been in that team, you could have had. And Dombele, Pavar, Hernandez, Mbappe, obviously. So they could have had a, a much stronger team. So it's not all bad, but it was disappointing considering how the how sort of dominant they were in the in the qualifying. And then the under twenties I thought was more disappointing because I think they basically beat themselves against America with a bit too much arrogance. But on the women's side, the one positive is that the under nineteens um won the European Championship. Gaining, they beat Spain in the semis, so they gained revenge for the men. <laughs> lost, I think they lost on penalties to to Spain in the the under nineteen boys lost in the semis to Spain, and then obviously there was the Women's World Cup, which, as you say, I think um, unfortunately that match came a little bit too too early, but um, I think a lot would have hoped that, that was maybe the final, or at least the semi-final. But um, I think, I, I, I thought France were pretty disappointing throughout the tournament. The first match, they were great, Still, but after that... Yeah, not, not the, the attack still hasn't been sorted out. No, I mean, Le Sommet has been clinical for most of the last four years. Usually it's Tina who's, who's awful. Yeah, but she's but, not the central striker for Lyon. And that's... No, so that was that. I mean, I thought it was strange that she was playing on the flank. I'd have preferred her down the middle, but I don't. I think it's unfair to put it all on her. I just I thought generally it was quite disappointing. I know it's mm. for me, but I didn't think Renard looked that good for a lot of the time either. Um, and 
I know I'm a complete fanboy, but I thought that only one of very few French players who really stood out, as usual, was Amandine Aurier. I thought she was fantastic throughout. <laughs> we know you well, Jess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it was the the way, as you said, it was meeting the US at an earlier stage than you'd hope. And that really kind of put the marks on things. And well, I think they played well. There are still some obvious problems and meeting a team that good that early just um, really kind of knocked them out of the park. And I think we all, uh, I, I went to all the games at Monson. I loved them. Um, not the most high profile games maybe, but it was great fun. Um, lovely to see um, uh, Brazil play. Lovely to see Italy who have come on leaps and bounds over the past couple of years. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting the next uh, Euros where in a sense the European team can get on with things without having to worry about <laughs> worry about uh, the US. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But Coindiacra, I think, did a good job, but still has some work to do with that team. So we'll see what happens. Um, moving on, uh, we had obviously the traditional season opener, which was the Trophy de Champion, which this time was played in China. So was on at like lunchtime in France, which is not a time that French people normally watch football. Um, and PSG won that 2-1 against uh, Rennes. Um, a goal from Kylian Mbappe uh, after one from Hunu uh, for Rennes opened the scoring, but then there was a wonderful uh, Angel Di Maria free kick screamer going on for the winner. Rich, I know you're, you're, you're a resident Rennes fan. Was that fair? Were you happy with your guys and how they did. What do you think of uh, the Trophy de Champion? Uh, it was fair. I have zero arguments about that. To be perfectly honest, it probably should have been more. <laughs> uh, we went ahead early on and pretty much didn't attack again until about the 80th minute. Um, even taking off at half time, our, our sort of one and only recognised forward uh, at half time. So it, it was not, should we say, the most. Um, progressive of performances from Ren. It was it was very defensive, clear game plan, get the early goal, and then just sit everybody basically in the six yard box. It felt like at times. Um, it, it wasn't until PSG deservedly got the lead that we we just sort of seemed to yeah. kick into life. Uh, what I enjoyed was there was there was a couple of youngsters. Um, who were sort of making their, their first tentative steps into the first team. It was Yang Boho, uh, Sasha Bowie, um, and obviously Kamavinga, who, uh, you know, I just adore, but it feels weird to say that. I think we'll come on to him later. Yeah, but, <coughs> you know, it, it, was a, it, was a, it, was, it was not a great performance from Ren. It's nice that we were in that match. It's obviously been uh, something that's, that's new to every Ren fan. Uh, but perhaps didn't quite take the opportunity as well as we perhaps could have done. So a bit disappointing, um, but yeah, PSG deserved it. Yeah, they first half they looked shaky to a great degree, but uh, came into it in second half, as you say, with the two goals and then kind of held out against uh, the pressure late on. And so if we go on to week one of Ligue 1, uh, which happened at the weekend, we started with Monaco-Lyon, which looked like being a, a cracking match of, of two high-performing teams. And eh, it was a little bit one-sided. Um, Lyon winning 3-0 away at Monaco with uh, Jessica Fabregas being sent off in a VAR-induced 
red card incident after um, raking his studs down the back of Dubois' leg, which didn't look deliberate, but did look nasty from the close-ups on Dubois' calf afterwards. Um, but 3-0. Uh, goals from Dembele with a thumping bullet, etc. whatever, header from a corner. Uh, Memphis uh, taking advantage of a big rick from Benji Lecomte. And uh, Toussaint getting the third, uh, 10 minutes from time. Lyon looked really good, but Monaco also looked pretty terrible. Uh, Jez, where would you put the good, terrible balance there? Because uh, <laughs> we we saw uh, Awa and Mendes really uh, they were running the show in midfield. Uh, Monaco had nothing in attack. Um, they had that poor kid, 18-year-old on debut, Foster, um, kind of uh, leading the line because of, I don't know what, Falcao was injured, wanting a move away, whatever. But that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, so Monaco had nothing in attack and defence looked terrible in the first half, pulled themselves together a bit in the second. But I mean, that was that was a, a weird match to kind of start the uh, start the league our season with but what did you think of the two how would you rate them having both been quite uh, refitted should we say over the summer um, well i think that's part of the problem leon have refitted monaco haven't they've done nothing i mean they brought in lecon they brought in aguilar a couple of days before um, before the match um, they've obviously, obviously the English window's closed, but but the rest hasn't. So they're still looking to bring more people in. But it looks like Ben Yedder is going to sign this week. I've got absolutely no idea why, apart from <laughs> tax breaks. I just can't see what's in it for him. Um, there's rumours about Icardi today. Um, they really need, I think, another decent defender, another decent midfielder. Um, I think they're still a complete mess. Lyon, I think, have had a good transfer window, but a really bad... Um, bad results in their pre-season. It's actually been a feature of French clubs. It's worth looking at all the clubs' pre-season results. They're horrific. <laughs> particularly, um, particularly Nice, who in three straight matches lost 1-0 to Championship Cardiff, 6-1 to Burnley, and then 8-1 in a two-hour match against Wolfsburg. Um, it was only 5-1 at, at, on 90 minutes. But Lyon lost four out of five, and after the, the last one, which was a 3-0 defeat to Bournemouth, um, Janino did, did a press conference where everything he said basically pointed to the fact that despite the new personnel, Lyon were the same as last year. He was saying there's no team spirit, there's no fight, all that kind of thing. So it was good to see that they sort of pulled it together. But I think, I mean, there's two ways to look at it. I think it was a lot more to do with how bad Monaco were. and. Yeah obviously not helped by the fact that they unfairly went down to 10 men, although Fabregas was playing so badly before he was sent off that it's arguable whether it was an advantage to Lyon. Um, but all that being said, Lyon being Lyon, that's the kind of match that they'd have sort of conceded a late equaliser and, and sort of crawled away with a draw last season. So to to manage to, to still come away with a 3-0 win, to be... As you said, Monaco pulled it together a little bit in the second half, but Leon still didn't really look troubled. Um, players like Anderson, who have had a very short preseason, um, already looking quite accomplished and getting back to full speed. Um, I think it's positive for Leon. It literally is just broken that they're probably going to sign Jeff Rain Adelaide tomorrow as well. So mm. I think things are looking good as long as Janino can keep the team motivated. Dembele is obviously looking to have a good season in terms of maybe a big transfer next year and also maybe breaking into the France squad for, for Euro 2020. Um, fantastic header to, to score the first goal of, of this season. In, uh, that, that, was, that was a that was 
like I say, thumping bullet, whatever you want to call it, that was a good header that he put in there. Yeah, um, and I would say, I mean, it's going to sound like a vendetta. I actually still thought Aroua was quite poor or average. I thought Mendes was very good and I thought Toussaint was fantastic. And yeah. I think really deserves a lot of credit because when Janino and Silvino came in, everything they were saying was pretty much impliedly saying, we don't think Toussaint is good enough for the team. And that he's fought his way back into the starting lineup and probably man of the match and a fantastic goal first mm. first match I think says a lot about his character. But yeah. generally, I mean, good start for Lyon, but I think it's hard to read too much into it because Monaco is so bad. Yeah, I think we've um, one of the things we've seen is obviously Lecomte moved from uh, Montpellier to um, uh, Monaco over the summer, and the second Lyon goal, I Memphis can't have expected to score that that was that was a horrific kind of jazz hands but with your legs rick from lecomte uh, somebody said how how have monaco managed to turn one of last season's best goalkeepers into a sideshow this quickly um yeah i think that might have been rich yeah um it was yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, th- that was kind of embarrassing um, but we'll have to wait and see, obviously, how everything pans out because Lecomte is good, so hopefully we'll come back into form. But the second game we maybe want to look at, I'll come to you on this, uh, Rich, is was the um, early game on Saturday, which was Marseille at home to Reims, which you're thinking, okay, good start to the season. Rats were good last season, but, you know, we can do it. Um, Not good. Um, OM lost 2-0 at home to Rats. Goals from Dia and Suk for the visitors. Mandanda still made a number of good saves. And they still got taken to pieces, basically. Um, We've got Shots ten to eight for Marseille on target two to five. They they need help as well, don't they? In the rest of the window, Rich, what did you make of this game, and what do you see them possibly doing in the rest of the window in France? Uh, very short answer to that second part of the question is nothing. I mean, Bias Boas <laughs> has pretty much Bias Boas yeah. has pretty much come out and said, "Well, there's no money." Um, so they basically, you know, unless they can sell someone, um, you know, Sanson was the one that we thought was going to go, but he was predominantly linked with English clubs. Obviously, that's predominantly quite shit at the weekend. Um, Tovan obviously is is probably the player that's got at least a bit of cash value, but again, you know, where do you see him going? You perhaps only see a a Spanish club taking a punt on him, but. Again, who and, and for how much would they really get for him? Um, it, it's a squad that it's, it's still, you just sat here looking at it and you think, how? How have the owners, after another, I know we're not finished the transfer window yet, but how have the owners let another transfer window pretty much go by them now and not made significant improvements to that squad? Because you look at that, that starting 11 at the weekend, and, okay, I think you can give Kaleta Kar and, and Bubakar Kamara a little bit of, of credit purely on the basis that they at least finished the season making Marseille look like they had a semi-respectable defence. Um, I still think that they're the pairing that should be persisted with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, know, we, we know Bubakar Kamara is a, is, is a good young player and could become you know, a really, really good young player over time. His partnership with Kaleta Kar, you need that to, to, to gel, you need that to blossom and develop but you look at the rest of that squad and you think there's a lot of senior players there earning a lot of money and they're just rubbish <laughs> there's no there's no final way of putting it they're, they're senior players who should be playing at a much better level than they are you look at Dimitri Payet I genuinely cannot remember the last time Dimitri Payet had a good game for Marseille Gustavo, when he first joined, absolutely brilliant for them. They mucked around with where he was playing in that team. It's clearly affected him. Rumours that he was going to go. He's not looked good in a while. Strootman, 
an expensive waste of space. <laughs> Germain is not a striker that should be played up front on his own. Radonjic looked pretty decent in pre-season, but again, disappears when it comes to, to, to the, the games that matter. You know, Morgan Sanson, we know he can be a really good player, but we just frustratingly see it so fleetingly. And then Mondonda, uh, you know, should have been upgraded in the summer. Instead, they've kept him and given him the captain's armband. Again. The squad is a mess. But the worrying thing is, is that Vias Bars has come in. Don't know what he's been told as part of this Marseille project and how it, how it develops and moves on from, from last season. But if this team has aspirations of, Europa League football should be having aspirations of Champions League football, if I'm all, in all honesty. But at the minute, it's looking like they're going to miss out on both again, which could be fatal, to be perfectly honest, because so much improvement still needs to be made to that squad. And it's, it's getting quite tiring to keep saying this window after window about Marseille, because you can bring in whatever superstar coach you want, if you're not going to let him build this squad and actually improve this squad, you know, no one's going to no one's going to get this Marseille team playing how the fans want it. You know, we saw game one; they were they were they were beaten at home. Didn't really present a, a, a massive threat to to Rouse. And game one, we've already got the velodrome booing the home team. Yeah, you know, and that's that. I mean, that's that's just sums it all up really so the fact that Vias Boas has come out and said look basically there's, there's, there's no money to bring players in it's a very worrying sign because without significant improvements you just don't see this team qualifying for Europe hmm. I think the one, say, I'd, the one thing I'd say for Montanda is that he's lost a lot of weight over the summer so at least in that sense he looks like he, he cares a little bit now and um, Payet possibly had a couple of good games in pre-season which even Mo's kind of Mo Ali's obviously a big Marseille fan and general I think mostly a sort of defender of Payet even he was kind of hinting oh it happens to be a, a, an even numbered year there's a big international tournament at the end of the year <laughs> but yeah he went he went back into his shell at the weekend and um, Frank Soze who's, who's part of the, the great Marseille team of the Champions League winning team he absolutely laid into the players after the match and just said the same again absolutely no fighting spirit no no interest in the cause he said if to be a Marseille player you might get some sticks sometimes you might struggle but you've got to look like you care and he said none of them did and but the one the one thing I would say which which Rich said as well it's not it's the players' fault to an extent. I don't think Villas Boas really can take any blame apart from taking the job in the first place. I guess, <laughs> but I, you've got to say that I don't know what the owners are thinking. And you know, with the money that they had to spend, they brought in this Benedetto, who, by all accounts, is a decent enough player, although a lot more in his early career than than recently. But a 29-year-old signed on a four-year contract with with option to extend, and who basically is another Germain. He's not. He's not big and physical. He's more intelligent, more sort of finding space just outside the area. That they okay, they booed Jermau off and cheered him on, but they are two of the you know, two sides of the same coin. And the whole point was that they needed another, I guess, another Balotelli, the Balotelli of the first month that he was there last year, and they haven't even looked to bring someone like that in. So I don't know what mm. the thinking is higher up. At least if you've got no money to spend, at least use the the sort of tuppence that you've got intelligently well they brought that Benedetto in haven't they and it's it just feels as though it's another gamble where they can't afford really to take a gamble yeah they really they really need to be bringing and there's been plenty of of, you know good young players and and good experienced players around around France they seem they seem weirdly quite reluctant to, to delve into the market that's around them when they could have been picking up players who've got that experience for you know, not a lot of money. Um, so, I don't know. It's just it's just really frustrating because I keep saying it that we all want to see Marseille doing well. You know, a, a good, a, you know, a well-performing, good Marseille team is good for the league. Um, so, it's it's frustrating. I know it's obviously frustrating more for the Marseille, but it's frustrating as a neutral looking in, seeing Marseille with such obvious problems continually failing to address them. 
well, there'll be a way at Nantes this weekend, so, you know, <laughs> <clears throat> things could work out for them there. Uh, one thing um, that's interesting is both of the promoted teams got a point, which was nice. They're the only teams to draw at the weekend. Uh, so Brett, we had, Brett were really unlucky not to win. Yes, Mets uh, drew 1-1 away at Strasbourg with uh, Diallo evening it up after Thomason opened the scoring. And as Jess says, Brest opened the scoring with uh, a goal from their captain, Autre. And there was a 89th-minute equaliser from Toulouse, which was a bit of a scramble. And it, yeah, they can feel possibly a little aggrieved. Uh, by not having kept all three points, but both promoted teams with a point there, so that's uh, setting them off on a good, uh, good uh, foot. Um, elsewhere, we had Wren uh, winning one away at Montpellier after a fairly chaotic game involving red cards, missed penalties. Um, your goalkeeper Salah. Um, Seems good, Rich. Well, he, he redeemed himself because yeah. the goal that was ruled out, it wasn't a foul on him. Yeah, well, it was, it yeah, was, but also he, he saved well, he, the penalty, he saved, saved the penalty and, and then saved the, the other thing and the Keegan Dolly's effort. So, Kubek's there's, gone, there's no, so no, you've got no way, no way, No way we should have come away with that with three points. But no, we there you go. And I... Five minutes in, I was saying, oh, the Tate Mendes thing... There's going to be a card in this, and uh, Tate did get sent off later on uh, because that was for a, being an idiot. A Barney <laughs> that went on the entire match. Um, Saint Etienne beat Dijon one at Dijon two one. Uh, Hamouma's first goal was a kind of flying pirouette lob chip arrangement, which I can't really describe, but it's brilliant. Look out for that. Um, but then I enjoy, Rudis- enjoyed. I enjoyed a Hulu doing more in about uh, well, 11 minutes at Saint-Etienne that he did the whole of last season at Monaco. Yeah. But uh, Renaissance in goal for Dijon made a great save from Debussy, then from Boudibouche late on. Really kept it closer than possibly it should have been. Um, we got Lille uh, beating Nantes 2-1. Uh, New signing to replace Nicola Pepe, Victor Osimen, Os- Osimen uh, got two. He got 19 goals in 34 matches for Charleroi last season. And it looks like he's going to just keep doing that. So that's brilliant. What was quite um, good about that little performance, I thought, was obviously they, they, there was two, three, sorry, high-profile departures Mm-hmm. And there's Pepe and, and Rafael Leao. Uh, they they started um, that that game on Sunday with five new signings. Um, so it, as Hank um, Galtier himself pointed out after the match, it, there's there's definite room for improvement, but understandable I think with with that many yeah. starters in the team. And obviously you had one hitting the headlines with a double, but. You know, I think it's testament to, to Louis Campos, the sporting director, and obviously renowned for his his, his wheelings and dealings with with his time uh, at Monaco. And he's he clearly is an absolute brilliant guy at the job he does. Because yes, they've lost those players, but you just feel unlike perhaps when Bielsa was in charge and they had that sort of summer of buying umpteen different players you feel this is much more of a a targeted transfer window and these players have been properly researched and and brought in and I think each and every one of them is is potentially a very very good signing yeah and um also on the uh signings front very quickly as well on the on the Lille Nantes match just a a word on Marcus Coco who um Mm. the last Mm. hasn't really well, he's failed to launch, I guess, at Gangon when he looked so promising earlier on. So this was kind of a, a fresh start for him. And then within a few minutes, he, he's, he's ruptured his, his uh, cruciate ligaments, which is really sad. It was horrible as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like um, um, 
obviously Tezzy Savanier coming from Nîmes to Montpellier and the getting injured in pre-season, he'll be out till late October, November. Oh, damn it. You know, someone who's a really exciting player that I wanted to see wherever he was playing. And, yeah, he got then... Uh, you know, a kind of a check on that progression is a frustrating thing. Um, but at least that's just like a couple of months. Coco's going to be out probably yeah. till, till spring. I mean, it's it's nasty. Um, uh, one of the other games, uh, we had Nice beating uh, Amiens 2-1. Uh, both goals coming from the centre-backs. <laughs> In true I, Patrick Vieira spirit, I think. I, Jesus I feel, Christ. Dante's celebration, um, incidentally, for the winner, is worth looking up because it was lovely. Um, I can't. He hasn't been booked, apparently. And I can't work out why not, other than possibly the whistle had gone before he basically stripped naked and, and waved I, I things around understand. in front of the homestead. I don't understand why Vieira is still there. I'd have walked if I was him. Um, and I, I, I think, I feel sorry for him. He's kind of being painted as defensive Has coach. the new guy bought the thing now? It hasn't gone through yet. I assume right. it's as good as done because they've got Ineos as their show sponsor. But um, mm. it's pity because Nisa likeable and he's a <laughs> critical Brexit shit. But um, I... <laughs> I just feel sorry for Vieira because he's still got absolutely nothing to work with. And, you know, he's, he's speaking a good game and he said this week that he's happy with the strikers he's got and they've made lots of progress. Mm-hmm. And but the when two goals were scored by and, his centre-backs. Exactly. And I, 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 I'm sure he had some very good offers during the summer and um, I think Nice should be absolutely sort of laying down at his feet. But there's still a good chance he could leave because... If the new owners do come in and bring Rivier back, Vieira's had a clause added to his contract saying that if Rivier comes back, um, he Rivier and Fournier, then he can leave. <laughs> Basically, he was when he came in because of them, and then almost immediately they left, and he, he was sort of so hurt by the kind of uh, betrayals he saw it that he's had this clause added. Um, it was quite nice. In, it was quite nice in that game to see Cyprian play. Uh, mm. have a really really good game you know we, we we all had sort of high hopes for him and then he had that that really nasty injury that kept him out for months and it's been slow progress I think back from him but you know game one of the new season pretty much man of the match performance creating a lot of efforts set up a goal um, really good performance from him. So looking to I think the second to last uh, game of uh, last weekend was Angers won three one against Bordeaux, and it that was half, the half time score. It was really quite impressive. There was another uh, harshly disallowed goal for the Jeff, um, but he uh, he got one of them for Angers, and we're now hearing rumours he'll be moving on. I know, Jeremy, you think that Bordeaux are going to have problems this year. Uh, Do you want to expand on that? Well, just a little plug. I interviewed a Bordeaux... Well, I was told that I was interviewing a Bordeaux scout. By the time I interviewed him, he was an ex-Bordeaux scout, which is a little (laughs) bit awkward (laughs) on my first question. But... um, (laughs) I asked if it was a busy time of year for him, and he said, well, not anymore. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, obviously he's got a bit of an axe to grind, but he was kind of painting a pretty depressing picture of, of the new owners there and, and the kind of chaos that's raining. And uh, I mean, just to sort of sum it up, they came in saying that they were going to have a kind of Monaco model of bringing in young talents and, and selling them on for a fortune and then the only player they've brought in is a 34-year-old on a five-year contract. Um, so, yeah, I think there's, there's a... I think it's a bit of a mess there and, and again, I mean, similar to Vieira, I think they're probably quite lucky that, that Sosa's still there and is putting up with it for the moment, but I think there's, there's more wrong than right and 
um, they took the lead for a fantastic Preville free kick, but that was probably um, <laughs> was not as good as it's going to get for the whole season. But um, yeah, I think that in the end they were very well beaten, and, and it's I think still worrying times down there. I think you also for for Angers, I think you feel if if Ren Adelaide does go, which is looking increasingly likely, you do sort of worry for them. Um, they've always had, you know, seem to have always had a one really good player that they then sell on but manage to replace. But of course, time's running out in this window. Ren Adelaide finished the season really strongly. I thought was one of a f- very few under 21s that that bordered on shining in the summer. Yeah. He obviously started this season really well, a golden assist. You know, if they if they see him go, that I think that's a worry. Beranger. Um One positive thing I'll say though is is I did treat myself to their hundred year uh, celebration centenary shirt, which I think you can still buy on their website, and it's it's very very nice. Uh, it's it reminisces back to the nineteen fifties when they were a you know a, a much more dominant force, and it comes in a very I've tweeted pictures so you can see, but it comes in a very nice presentation box with a little postcard of that that successful team from the the 50s era so very nice shirt indeed for shirt fans there <laughs> I think the, the okay. good thing about about Angers is that Moulin is clearly a, re- a brilliant manager who I think is a little bit underrated goes under the radar yeah. and um, as Rich said every year they seem to sell somewhat that what the player who seems their star player and you think well they're going to be in a bit of trouble now but I guess firstly they've got a little bit of time to bring someone in but also they brought in some some useful players like Tiu who had a good season at Nim, Herrera Large who looked really good the other day and then Ninga and Aliuri who I think can both be both low hot and cold but there is an element of talent there so hopefully maybe this time it's more sort of quantity than quality but they've got that Ryan Aitnuri as well at left back who um, not to sound too hipsterish but I saw a couple of games of his uh, playing for the, I can't remember what side it was that they put out in the Toulon tournament this summer. Uh, it was well, somewhere where they were butcher. I think it was a sort of third string under 19 team or something like that. But he, he played pretty well there. And um, But, you know, they, they're potentially going to be lacking on lacking on goals, I think, if Ren Adelaide goes. So, hmm. worrying times, I fear. Ch- Chuck Fulgini up front. You can play everywhere. <laughs> Well, the the final match uh, from last weekend is going to take us on to a little bit maybe of a debate or possibly just swearing is uh, that PSG opened their account against Nîmes. They won 3-0. Now, I just want to say something about Nîmes before we get on to this particular match. I obviously am a Montpellier fan. Uh, Nîmes are the local rivals. They've been in Ligue 2 for a bit, so it's cool to have them up and there's, you know, police presence and prefectural interdictions and all of that stuff about the derbies. But when I looked at the list of the, I think it's 15 or 16 players who played over a 1,000 minutes last season, nine of them have gone. And uh, another one, uh, Bobby Chan is being linked with a move away. And that includes all of their strikers and most of their midfield. It's troubling for me because uh, Nîmes were great fun to watch last year. They were a bit chaotic. They did um, the promotion season the way I think neutrals like it. Um, that they were unpredictable, chaotic, a little bit violent at times. Um, But what they're left with and what Blackout is left with is basically very little. And so starting your uh, second season up in the top flight against PSG away, was always going to be troubling, and they lost 3-0. It was Cavani, penalty, uh, Mbappe, and Di Maria, um, who got the goals of PSG. 
Neem have I, they have brought in Filiposo Martinez, who are two sort of right. Because when I looked, they haven't players. brought in anybody who was over second tier. And they've like brought in Bundesliga two national and that kind of stuff. They brought in Zinedine Fairhat, who is okay. from League Two. He was well. He's been top assister for the last two years in League Two, and I think he mm-hmm. been in League Two a while ago. So we'll see. I mean, Blackheart has also said they don't have enough players. Um, yeah. But I do think those three are quite clever buys, and Fairhat in particular. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing in Liga. Yeah, but it just feels to me like if that's three good players in, they've had nine good players out, so there's a net deficit there. That's well, true, but until until last troubling. season, all those players were Liga players as well. So. Yeah, but that's the thing: who they've brought in are not big names in Ligue 2. Or, Philippe, uh, Martinez was a... Uh, apart from the ones you mentioned, I'm talking about the other gap, as it okay. were. Fair enough. But those so three they're going to have to promote, they're going to have to hope that some of the guys under a 1,000 minutes last year are going to come up. They can promote people and whatever. But it feels like they're not going to have the same snap as last season. So that, yeah, it could be a bit like uh, Dijon last season who were cracking fun the season before and then went a bit... Well, if, if Neem had the season Dijon had last season and still end up staying up, then I don't, mm. think, I don't think they'll complain too much. Well, yeah, but it doesn't do anybody's blood pressure any favours, does it? Anyway, um... But the whole thing is PSG won. And PSG have things, debates, possibly issues, people, whatever. Um, do we want to talk about Neymar? I'm kind of tired of this. but I, w- I just want to have one quick go back to the match comment. Okay, um, good. No, no doubting PSG deserved it, but... I not wanting to go too much into into VAR, but I did take issue with with their their opening goal, the penalty decision for that. I, I you know I don't agree these decisions are handball, but unfortunately, the minute a ball hits a hand, it's going to be given as a penalty by VAR. So I'm not going to b- even bother unless, addressing that unless part it's, unless it's an American woman in the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm I'm not even going to bother on that because. How you know your hands there? Corner comes in, and the player in front of you ducks down at the last minute. And oh Christ, my hands out! Oh, so anyway, that's that's for another. My, my issue is that it took the best part of two minutes for the play to stop and for the message to come through to the referee that oh this needs a look at. You know, nobody appealed for the penalty. The ball didn't go out of play. Play carried on. Ball was was playing, and it was the best part of two minutes before that review came through to, I think it was, I think it was Turpan, the referee. And then he went and had a look and awarded the penalty. So I don't like the fact that penalties are given for those kind of handball incidents in the first place. But if we've got VAR, it, it's got to be quicker than that. We can't have two minutes before mm. that decision. So that, that was just a, a, a little gripe of mine about the actual game, but... There's, there's probably bigger things to discuss with regards PSG. Yeah. On which, Neymar, who gives a shit? Uh, Jez? I give a shit to the extent that, believe it or not, I'm kind of rooting for PSG to come out of this looking well, looking well. Because I think Neymar, I mean, you could say that PSG asked for it and possibly the signs are there right from the very start. But I think Neymar's absolutely taken them for a ride. And seeing as it seems very clear that he's going to leave now, I think if there was any doubt that the uh, kind of reaction of the PSG crowd on Sunday night with you know, signs saying Neymar get lost and, and chants saying much worse than that, probably is still the deal. I, I just, I hope that PSG get a really good deal out of this. Um, I'm concerned that they're not going to purely because and in a way, this is kind of, again, it it's, reflects badly on Neymar. Clearly, only 
Barcelona and Real Madrid have got a chance of getting him. But actually, neither of them actually particularly seem keen on him either. Yeah. Um, and I get the impression... Do PSG the, need him? That's the key. No. I, PSG I really need him? No, I don't think they do. Neymar, at his best, at his fittest and most motivated, is an, a good addition to any team, obviously. But I don't think this myth that he's the difference between them winning the Champions League or not. I just don't, I don't think there's any, anything has happened in the last two years. Obviously you can say, all right, well, PSG haven't won it and he's been missing, but nothing he's done in his behavior or the way he's played has suggested that he would be the difference maker. Simple as that. And I still think that he brings more cons than pros. I think the the tension that he brings to the changing room, the cliques that he kind of creates, possibly inadvertently, possibly it's Alves as much as him, and obviously he's gone, um, I, do, I don't think are, are conducive to, to the team. So mm. I think Mbappe, as brilliant as he was last year, I think possibly can shine even more with with all the based you know with indisputed or undisputed star status i think cavani um if he can stay fit might come out of the shell that he was playing in for a lot of last year um i i and obviously depending on what deal is done they can hopefully bring at least one but probably two or three decent players in as well and who i think overall will strengthen the squad a lot more than than one injury prone injury prone soccer hmm. Well, it seems to stem, doesn't it, from, from my belief anyway. I've been, I've been asked, you know, why, why do we think Neymar is going to be moving on? And people all, you know, come up with various different hypotheses as why. I'm a firm believer in that it's, it's been the rise of Mbappe has been possibly the yeah. biggest reason that he's decided that he's going to dick around and, 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 and sort of play up to a degree because, you know, he joined PSG fairly infamously to be the face of a club to to win the Ballon d'Or to step out of Messi's shadow and he he stepped out of Messi's shadow into the shadow of an 18 year old um and and unfortunately for him Mbappe we've between us we've we've mentioned there have been aspects of Mbappe's game that we're not overly keen on seeing develop further uh some of the slightly nastier edges but what we have seen since Mbappe joined is steady progression. We have seen a player develop to you know a world class level, and will only go will only get better from there. We've seen a player who can play the media very well in terms of you know where he appears, what he what he says, what he's seen doing. We saw then in the preseason tour to China with PSG, he was the face. You know Neymar was told you've got to come along, but he was barely shown. He was sent off to do the sort of non-TV, non-major you know, major media um, uh, uh, sort of outlets. Mbappe was the face. You know, he was the player that the fans wanted to see. He was the player that, you know, that they were screaming for, getting autographs, photos, TV. He was the guy. And he now is that, that picture of PSG, the poster boy of the club. And I don't think Neymar can hack it. I really don't. I think he's, he's, he's as Jess said, he's sulking. He's clearly not interested in the club. He's only been interested in what he can get out of this for himself. Um, and he's now pushing to go back to Barcelona, probably because he's got one eye on that in the next couple of years, Messi will probably look at, at, at stepping away. So, you know, it, it smacks of a... Of a, of a selfish player, of a player that seems to, to sulk when the slightest thing doesn't go his way, doesn't seem willing to put in the effort. Um, as Jess said, I'm really rooting that PSG can come out of this looking well. I've seen a number of people um, saying, oh, you know, our League One didn't know how to deal with him. There was too much media focus. Well, unfortunately, if you're going to be labelled as, as oh. one of the best players in the world, you're going to have a media focus. And if you do stupid things as he does, like and picture take, photo photographs of playing poker during a cup final, then I'm afraid you're going to get criticised. The, the best players 
get criticised and praised in equal measure. And it's up to you as a player to put in the stuff that gets you the praise. And I don't think Neymar has done that anywhere near enough at PSG. So the reason why people may think that the media have been overcritical of him is because he's not done enough for the media to be praising him. So for me, it's been a bit, a bit of a disaster. I think PSG need to get rid. He's a, he's a toxic presence, I think, in that squad. Get rid, draw a line under it, move on. They've made some really good signings, I think, this summer. Um, and they can move on as a squad for the better. Mm. I think looking at uh, the next round of games, um, the, the, the big final is your Ren, Rich, against PSG, uh, which will be an interesting one. Uh, but elsewhere in that, uh, we've got Lyon-Angers um, on Friday as the uh, Jeff Derby possibly, um, to see where he ends up. It'd be interesting to see if he plays, given all the rumours. But, um, Jez, who else, uh, which other games would you see coming up as being kind of uh, of interest? Uh, I'm obviously intrigued by, by Mess Monaco. Yeah. Um, I thought Mess, <laughs> um, first half against Strasbourg, they were awful. They they sort of played like they didn't think they belonged in Liga, and second half they were a lot better and, and could have won it later on if it wasn't a really good save from from Sells. So I'm interested to see how they're going to do at home against um, a team who in, in Liga have been a bit of a bogey team for them in recent years, but they did try and kill them in the cup last year. And and a, they do look terrible, so really that, that's helped. So, yeah, so the, hopefully it's a good chance for, for Mess to get their first win. Um, and then Saint-Etienne against Brest. I, someone asked me the other day what, what my predicted top three or four is for this year, and I really struggled, um, apart from first place, obviously. Lyon, as usual, should finish second. Uh, third and third place, I really am not sure, but I think it could be Saint Etienne if Platon can carry on the good work that Gasset has started. Um, I think they've 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 signed some good players, and I think they 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 could have a really strong season um, against Dijon. They they started really well, and then at the end, I mean, a lot of people had Ruffier as their goalkeeper of the week, so um, mm. it sort of suggests that that Dijon really came back into it and was slightly unlucky, but. Um, I'm looking forward to, I expect Saint-Etienne to make a bit of a statement, sort of first home match of the season. Mm. Uh, Rich, any uh, ones to pick out from the weekend for you? I'm, I'm going to be totally predictable. I am going to go with, with, with Rem PSG, purely <laughs> on the basis that, well, it seems everybody's favourite young player. He seems to be the player that a lot of people are talking about and have all of a sudden jumped on it. You know, not want to, to blow my own trumpet, but some of us were there last season with praise for him. But Eduardo Camavinga, uh, mm. and and every time I say his name until November, no, I feel like grudgingly, I, I have to, last weekend I agree with. <laughs> I feel Bridget, like I have to carry it every time I say oh. his name. I have to carry it by saying he's just sixteen. Right. He's he's sixteen Fucking years old, yeah. and yeah, if you go back and watch that Montpellier game, the way he played. There was an odd mistake here or there, but he's 16, for God's sake. You know, the way that he And there were way played, less mistakes than from the other. Well, yeah, the, the, the way he played, the way he carried himself, you know, scurrying back, tackling players, winning the ball, driving forward, passing. He seemed to have it all, um, you know. So I'm really excited to see how he develops. He, he obviously broke into the first team last season. Uh, youngest player to ever play... For Ren, youngest player to ever sign a professional contract, contract for Ren. He was the first player in the top five leagues to play. He was born in the year 2002. Oh my uh, <laughs> Jesus, I feel so, so old. It's, it's just an endless list of everything teeing him up for him to be this next big thing to emerge from Ren. And it is interesting to see how quickly a lot of other, um, you know, high-profile pro, high uh, outlets have picked up on that and have 
already sort of claimed him, if you like. Well, two late guys. I, I was there first. <laughs> um, okay. I'm really interested to see how he develops. And of course, against PSG, you know, it's, it's as big as it gets um, domestically. So really good to see how he can, he can perform against that kind of opposition. Okay. So, Jez, I think you're on the uh, questions from yeah. our, our lovely listeners. Uh, so do we have anything yes, we that do. isn't about Neymar um, particular or whatever? Okay. The first question, which has come from Simon Query, who is at Simtam on Twitter, but I think someone else came up with it as well, was who will be the first manager to be sacked? Oh. Uh, and also, he's also added... Uh, will it be good for Nice and for Liga if Jim Radcliffe takes over at Nice? I'm, I'm not going to answer that bit. <laughs> oh, no. Give us another couple of weeks until somebody's absolutely in a hole. Well, I would, I, I would, I'll stick my neck out and I, I will say Paolo Sosa. Um, you don't see things particularly improving for Bordeaux. Um, that was hammered home <laughs> if that's, you know, spectacular defeat. <laughs> To capitulation to, to Angers. So in terms of sacking, it could be him. In terms of actually leaving, well, you know, you could be looking at Jardim again. Yeah. You could be looking at Vias Boas. I wouldn't necessarily, I know he's new to the job, but I wouldn't necessarily bet against him. But I, I don't think you're going to, I think it's going to be a, a higher profile name will be the first to go. So I'm, my prediction is, Sosa to leave rather than be sacked. And for sacking, I'm going to go for either Alan Casanova to lose, or even though he's only just been made manager, Gorkouf. I can't see Gorkouf <laughs> getting on. They're not. Oh, God. Anyway, next question. Come on, Jeff. All right, here's one from a, someone called... Gibney, I think it is. Gibney. <laughs> Does that sound familiar? <laughs> um, what sure position would Lille have to finish to have a successful season factoring Champions League too? Well, the thing is, if they do well in the Champions League, then if they finish eighth, no one's going to care. Whereas if they get binned in the group stage, it's going to have to be bigger so it's all con context it's all a balance between one and the other because they aren't the kind of mega club where you expect them to do both so I, uh, I, I would possibly go with that I think for it to be I, I think Lille fans are realistic I don't think they can necessarily see a repeat of last season um, but there will be a degree of expectation so I think a successful season for them I think if you're looking at top six and I think the way that they played with so many new players on, on Sunday um, and, and still got the win and some players looking very good, I, I think that's probably achievable as well. Yeah. Top six yeah. and quarterfinal. I, that I would think, be awesome. I think similarly to, to Ren last year, if they have some kind of good European run, then they'd be forgiven not having okay. such a strong league season. But exactly. I think that... Um, uh, as Rich said, I, I was kind of expecting the worst even first match of the season, considering they lost three such important players. But then you look at their starting lineup, and it was still pretty strong. Mm -hmm. and, and you look at that that, yes, that yes, front easy, four. Yes, to bring in. Still looks cool. Exactly. Yeah. So I, yeah, I expect them to still have a strong season, but certainly not. I can't see them getting second again with Champions League as well. Mm. Um, okay, next question. This is from at Phil Palmer, but with a four instead of the A of Palmer. Discuss Laura Koscielny five-year deal at his age. <laughs> where, where will Adil Rami land after sacking from Marseille? Well, I, the fact that apparently Rami's been let go because he turned up on TV as opposed to having allegations of stuff I I I am I'm over that. I so over that. that. It's no coincidence that Marseille and Love Island are both sponsored by Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> Rami so is fuck, though, I mean, come on, 
they they're saying oh he's been fired for turning up on Love Island when what uh, Pamela Anderson tweeted about him that wasn't a problem. I just I like, yeah. Well, well considering I... considering his performance at the UNFP Awards, where actually he was very entertaining, I wouldn't put past a, a career in in TV for him. Uh, well, no, no. The last thing during, we need is another abuser on TV. Even during the World Cup, I think he was not so much a player as a kind of comedy character and mascot. hype man. Yes. And in, t- in terms of Kachelny Kuchel- in a five-year deal, I mean that just smacks of owners that it's it. Don't know I don't want to taint them, but it's no surprise that the two teams who should be doing a lot, lot better than they are, but seem to be in disarray behind the scenes are Marseille and Bordeaux, the common link being American owners. And it's, <laughs> they just seem to see it as a, as an investment, yeah. not really as a, I don't want to use that word, but not really as the project it really should be. Um, so it, it smacks of, they just don't have a clue. I mean, cause must be thinking, Oh my God, I can Bordeaux is a lovely place. Because a, f- a five-year deal at that age with, with, with his injury record, I'd imagine he'd have flown himself. He'd have, he'd have swam round the, the, across the channel, Bay of Biscay, <laughs> up the Garonne, and he'd have done that himself because that is ludicrous. Um, Next then, question. Last two questions. Oh, the other person to ask who's the first manager to go is a friend of the show, WYSAF man, who is a uh, hey, big Angers fan. Yeah. And then um, we've got similar questions. What do you make of the Janino Silvino experiment thus far? And then your thoughts on Monaco transfer window. <laughs> There's Tarek, Tarek with, the, uh, with the Lyon question and. Um, AS Monaco English on the Monaco question, obviously. Well, the Leon question, it's still going to be all us. He's going to be the one, you know, making the deals, making the calls, whatever. I think the only uh, thing yeah. that makes me think maybe not is he, he's, he's, he's allowed Silvino to come in. Silvino is a Janino guy. You know, Silvino is 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 <laughs> someone with 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 no experience as the first team actual first team coach, no experience in France, doesn't, as far as we know, speak French to a fantastic level. Not that that really matters, but it, it was Janino pushing for him. So I think he sees in Janino as someone who he can relinquish a little bit of responsibility too and I think Janino will have demanded that when he when he joins so it's very early days yet um I want to see them up against competent opposition first because Monaco were their own worst enemies um on on Friday night so it's it's early days as Jez said towards the start of the podcast they didn't have a good pre-season but they have recruited well so you know that that that's one that we can probably answer a bit more clearly and with a bit more clarity in, in a couple of weeks. And as far as Monaco's transfer, again, Jez, Jez mentioned it, it's, it's really been in, in, in existence, you know. On, on paper, Leconte and Aguilar are, are decent signings, but uh-huh. you know, as, as we saw... As, we as, saw a, as a Montpellier fan, thank you for ripping two of our best <laughs> players out of our squad. But as, as we, as we uh, saw in the, in the game, you know, he, you know Leconte has... has Overnight turned into a an error prone disaster. Yeah. Well, that's what zone. happens when you don't have the lovely Vito Hilton in front of you. He's forty two. We love Vito. Anyway, I think um, for Leon, I I do think that Olas is is. Um, leaving a little bit more to, to Janino. The thing I've, I've found most interesting in coverage of Lyon over the summer is how in every press conference and every um, sort of unveiling of the new signing, how everyone has been falling over themselves to, to mention Florian Maurice and what a great job he's doing. And I, I think he is the, he's the one that's kept them going the last few years in terms of spotting all these talents and selling them on for a fortune. And, um, you know, in theory, this kind of 
the responsibility for recruitment now is on Janino. And not surprisingly, there are rumours that Morris is thinking of leaving. He's had offers elsewhere. I think Spurs were interested in him at one point. So I found it interesting watching how everyone at Lyon is trying to keep him sweet because he's now sort of wondering what exactly is my role here. But um, I, I think... It, it remains to be seen, but I think Juninho and Silvino both talked a really good game in the interviews I've, I've seen with them during the summer. So, and I, I do like the signings they've made. So I'm sort of hopeful for them. Monaco, again, it just it really depends who they bring in between now and the end of the season. But at the moment, I just think they're a mess all the way through. I think Vas, uh, Vasiliev should never have been got rid of. Jardim should never have been brought back. Um, you know, today there's rumours that that, well, Valencia and Atletico are both interested in Badi Ashile and apparently um, Jardim has no intention of playing him as a first-teamer this year, which to me is crazy. Mm-hmm. You look at the team he played last, uh, the weekend and, OK, he's shown in the past that he's, he's good with youngsters and, OK, they had a few suspensions and injuries. But the first match of the season against tough opposition, playing two 17-year-old debutants, playing on top of two, albeit more experienced debutants, playing two defenders in midfield. I, I don't know what he's playing at. I don't know what the club's playing at. The whole thing seems strange. Right. Okay, so in like three words or less, the game's coming up at the weekend. Who are you picking? I'm going Leon Angers and the Jeff Derby on Friday to watch. Jez, what would you watch? Um, I, w- well, I would watch Mets Monaco. Uh-huh. Rich, what yeah, are you watching? Was, uh, yeah, as I said earlier, I'd, I'd stick with me, Ren PSG going. Okay, we're all, well, they're all uh, going with uh, their, uh, their club allegiances, but there is a good round of games coming up over the weekend so check those out send us questions about things um through the twitter uh where we will pick those up and and get to them next week and otherwise thank you very much for listening thank you for watching keep an eye out on all of those uh french uh french ligand games and we will speak to you again next week thank you very much